the one of one is missing. Uh Uh-uh. I knew something was up. Pop, that's almost twice as much going for the same price. I just freaking love that Raider rookie logo. Doing more buying. Which one of these five quarterbacks has the worst set of pass catchers to throw the football to? Guess how much I sniped this for an auction. Number to five, you dirty yep. animal. I'm telling you, these optic on-card autos are money. Huh? Huh? Let's freaking go. Football cards collecting and can uh, and investing. It's your boy Carter Bryant hanging out with you. And Andy's going to be in and out of today's video because he did have a work call come in. So he'll be here in just a moment. But I wanted to go on ahead and get this thing started because we're actually talking about my favorite thing on the planet Earth, which are game used cards. This is what I collect. Now, none of my game used cards are actually in the background right now, so it kind of sounds hypocritical. But the truth is, in my main collection right over here, that is what I do. And I'm starting at this point in my life. I don't know about you guys. Please, in the comment section down below, how much are game used cards a part of your collection? Because I feel as if the younger generation, Right. I was just at the National, obviously, with Andy and everybody else uh, there. The one thing that really stuck out to me, all right, was how many kids, and I'm talking about kids, adolescents, were walking around with these two, three, four, five thousand dollar cards, and they were getting cashed out. And I was like, some of these kids have cards in their collection that are more than my 34-year-old YouTube net worth. And the thing is, with the younger generation and with all these uh, younger players in the NFL, none of their patches are game-worn. And our old-school collectors, okay, the Marks, the family Burliners, all our old-schoolers that are in here, you remember the day how excited you were when you got to get some of those upper-deck cards that are game-use patches, right? So I hate that this younger generation has all these event-worn patches and they have all these cards where it's not game use. But Tom Brady, the actual GOAT, along with my guy Peyton Manning, there are so many game-worn cards out there that you could buy. Obviously, Tom Brady's game-worn cards are very expensive. But Peyton Manning, you can get some good ones, right? Drew Brees, you can get some great ones. I've got some great Drew Brees game-worn six-color patch cards um, that I've been able to collect for just 30 40 50 bucks. So I am a believer in game-use patches, and I hope with the new Fanatic stuff that's coming out soon, baby, that uh, Michael Rubin is a guy that's able to start putting some game-worn patches back into products, okay? Uh, let's take a look at some of your comments as we start today's show. We are going to get into a few modern cards that I want to buy, players that I'm looking to get. I, uh, right before this live stream began, I was looking to buy two quarterbacks in particular, okay? One a college quarterback and one an NFL quarterback. And we'll get to those players' names here in just a moment. Uh, let's take a look. Uh, let's start with Matt's comment here. I don't care about patches. Give me on-card autos every day over sticker autos. And look, Matt, 
there's a lot of people that feel this way as well. This would be my retort to this, especially as a football collector, right? Um, baseball game-worn patches are fairly common because, you know, you play 162 games. A lot of these big market teams have new uniforms basically every game. You can get some nasty Derek Jeter logo man patches. And not logo man, it's the batting guy, whatever you – I guess you could call him a logo man in baseball. You can get a lot of those, right? And they are sick. They're nasty. What makes game-worn patches particularly rare in football is there's only a certain amount of game-worn patches that could be out there, right? Um, now, Tom Brady doesn't sign a lot, but you can always get him, in theory, to sign something, right? That's something I like about game-worn patches. I, I had the good fortune uh, uh, before last offseason – uh, a former NFLer who was a really, really, really good football player gave me his full game-worn uniform. And I was like, holy crap, this is the coolest thing I've ever received. So I'm a big believer in game-worn patches uh, in football in particular. Uh, but yeah, we, we can get into the sticker auto and on-card auto debate as well today. Now, I also want to talk about some current products uh, that, that have recently gone out there. I understand uh, a lot of you are in a state of flux right now with the big news last week with Panini and Fanatics and what's going to happen with all this product over the next couple of months. Will we actually see the autographs of some of these rookie quarterbacks actually in the product? We'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, you know, for me, I am loving some of the autographs that are out there. Um, Andy, but before he got on his work call, I know he wanted to talk about some of these skill position guys and some of these Illuminates autographs. Let's stay right here with Dorian Thompson Robinson. You see that auto on card auto 10750. Uh, that is absolutely wild just for a few really good preseason games. But here's what's really interesting. Um, and I want to talk some Jalen Hyatt as well here in just a second, but really quickly on DTR. It is a really non-zero chance that Deshaun Watson is just dookie water. Like, he's just not good anymore. And if that's the case, now, they're obligated to play him the entire season. And I, even though Deshaun does not look good in preseason, and that should be concerning if you are a Browns fan watching this, I'm just going to be real with you, man. Dorian Thompson-Robinson... I loved him coming out of college. You can go to my SEC channel. You can see I had him higher rated than most. I loved watching him play. He played in Chip Kelly's offense and managed it pretty well. And I think he's got a really good shot to be something. And you see his Lumens autos well over a hundo. Um, so, yeah, 389. A buy it now at 389. He does have a sexy auto, and that pin, that, that's a very clean auto on that card. I'm definitely not buying Luminance at 389 for a backup quarterback. Uh, you know, when I can get a good Drew Brees auto for about that same price. But still, it is absolutely exciting uh, to see that. I do want to talk a little bit about some of these rookie wide receivers, right? We don't just focus on the quarterbacks here at the football card quest. Um, I, I want to get into Sam Howell just in uh, in just a second. He is not one of the quarterbacks that I'm looking to buy. Um, I'll get to those guys in just a second. I want Andy to get in here and get his work call over with so I can discuss this with him. But 
I want to talk about two wide receivers in particular. I want to start with Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Okay. Uh, he was a Tennessee Vols, and now he's a rookie wide receiver for the New York Giants. This is definitely one of these guys that is going to have some spike weeks this year. And it's kind of like fantasy football, right? It's part of the reason why Andy and I are partnered with Underdog Fantasy, right? We love spike weeks as football card collectors, right? Uh, or investors or, or flippers for somebody that just like to flip. Because spike weeks get people really excited. It stands out above the crowd. Sure, a lot of people can go out there and get eight catches for 100 yards and a tutty. Okay, that's a good week. But that's not a spike week. And as a collector, if you're buying something, you want to look for those spike weeks. Weeks where people say, okay, this guy's the next Randy Moss. This guy has the potential to do this forever. And Jalen Hyatt is one of those guys, right? Last year, that game versus Alabama, he had five touchdown receptions. Five. Over 200 yards. Peyton Manning was there. They were smoking cigars after the game. And I think Brian Dable is going to find ways to unlock him. And I think he's going to have some big weeks. And then my other spike week guy that I wanted to talk about, and we're going to get to some of your players here in just a moment, is Marvin Mims. Okay? And I think I saw Chad right here. Um, I wish I could click his comment. Uh, let's put Chance comment up here, Andy, uh, here. I got $50 this morning for Marvin Mims Legacy Futures RPA. Chad, I, I love Marvin Mims. I really do. Go look at some of his plays that he made at Oklahoma. This is a guy who averaged over 20 yards per catch, uh, I believe. And Denver's wide receiver room is turning into dust. I mean, these veterans are falling by the wayside. Who remembers K.J. Hamler? Out. Uh, Tim Patrick? Out. Jerry Judy? Guess what? Hurt again. Marvin Mims might be Hemothy. He might be that guy. Now, obviously, it is a little discouraging when you see a card like this and it's a double zero. That, that I, guys, I can't really do that as a collector because I'm a jersey number snob. Uh, I can't do the double zero thing. I wish it was his number 83 or whatever his jersey number is going to be. But Marvin Mims is another spike week guy that I'm really looking into um, if you can get him on the cheap. And I think both him and Jalen Hyatt, I don't think they're going to be the best rookie wide receivers in this class. I, I still believe JSN and, and Addison and those guys. I do believe the first round was for the most part correct. But, man, the Broncos – moved up to get Marvin Mims, and the Giants have a wide receiver room that I don't think has that home run option. And I think Jalen Hyde's going to be that guy, okay? Let's see. Uh, Cole Vu wants to talk some Jahan Dotson. It's literally like Tyler Lockett. Okay, let's talk some Jahan Dotson. Now, am I a Jahan Dotson guy? Not really. I, I, I understand the fantasy analysts, the Josh Norris's of the world. They are gassing up Jahan Dotson right now. Um, I even heard my guy, Adam Levitan. I've never met Levitan, so I shouldn't call him my guy, but I listen to him every day. He likes him, some Jahan Dotson. 
obviously we want to target some of these second year guys. Obviously, my favorite second year receiver is Traylon Burks. And I like the fact that with this injuries, uh, you, you can definitely have gotten a discount, especially with the news surrounding DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just not in on Dotson, but I could see it happening, right? With everything with Sam Howell and obviously with Terry McLaurin getting potentially hurt. So right now, and we'll get back into quarterbacks. I know you guys want to chat quarterbacks mostly, but Andy's a big receiver guy. In the comments section right now, give me the rookie or year two wide receiver you are targeting. Give me the rookie or year two wide receiver you are targeting. Okay. Chad said he's already bought low and sold high on Jahan Dotson. This is this is my issue with Jahan Dotson purchases right now. I think he can be a very good wide receiver in the NFL. I think he can. I just don't see him really ever getting to a Pro Bowl level. I just don't. Like, the the hard thing about the wide receiver position is there's all these guys that are very good wide receivers, right? Like a Brandon Lloyd or a Keen Nix uh, from yesteryear. And there are times when those guys look like him, right? But I want pro bowlers, right? I want guys that are truly going to be legends. Um, and and for me, obviously, Jamar and Justin Jefferson are on, are on a different level. But I, I want to find the guys that I think that can enter that atmosphere, okay? Um, James believes in Hyatt. Hector is talking himself into some Christian Watson. I got to be honest with you, Hector. I was not a believer in Christian Watson. But these fantasy guys have turned me. And for those that watched our Dynasty Superflex draft over the weekend— Andy and I, we never really get in disagreements, uh, which is kind of rare for co-hosts that spend a lot of time together. The hardest disagreement we've ever gotten into was the Dynasty Superflex. Andy hated me. He hated me. I forced him to take Christian Watson over DJ Moore in a Dynasty Superflex. Let me know, Hector, if I bullied Andy into the right decision because he wanted DJ Moore. And I was like, no, baby. No, uh-uh. Christian Watson is the home run hitter, and DJ Moore's got that too. DJ Moore's probably better with the football in his hands after the catch. But give me the size. Give me the unknown with uh, Christian Watson. Let me know, super flexors out there, did I make the right decision between Christian Watson and DJ Moore? Okay. Annoy Annoy says he is targeting Chris Alave. Yeah. I tried to buy some Chris Alave at the National. I did. And it was quickly sniped by a kid I did a deal with on the channel live. And Late Stick, who's not in here right now, immediately bought the Alave off the kid. I think Chris Alave is really good. And I will admit this, Annoy Annoy. I will admit this from the bottom of my heart. All right, and we're going to take a look at this uh, this old data here. Um, Chris Alave was a guy that I wasn't particularly thrilled with when the Saints picked him. I thought they reached. I thought they could have just got Traylon Burks, and boy, was I wrong. I, I don't think really they they're, they're close, and I like Burks a lot. 
Chris Olave looks special. He looks special. So, annoying, annoying, I am with you on Chris Olave. There you go. And, and, and you know what, Hector, what's up, Woodband? Good to see you. This, this is my issue with, with, with DJ Moore, right? There are so many wide receivers out there, and DJ Moore can't help it that he's been with the Panthers and crappy quarterback play. But there are so many wide receivers that people tell you they're good, but they never really join that elite tier, okay? And it is hard to join the elite tier at wide receiver. It's hard to join the elite tier at any position um, because you do need good quarterback play and you do need a good offense. Um, Let me know. I want to talk about one more wide receiver, and I promise we'll get into some QBs here. What – what do you guys feel about the 49ers room, right? Should I be buying some Brandon Ayuk cards, right? Now, my favorite quarterback at any level of football, of course, is Joe Burrow. But after Joe Burrow, my favorite quarterback is Jaden Daniels, the current quarterback for LSU, right? Um, well, Jaden Daniels played with Brandon Ayuk in college, right? So I, I kind of like Brandon Ayuk because, you know, he helped get my quarterback's career started. And – Man, there are some people out there who are saying Brandon Ayuk is going to overtake all the pass catchers in this 49ers offense. And I'm like, really? With George Kittle? With Debo Samuel? Really? Really? So, you know, for me, I. I've I've kind of wanted to get my hands on a Brandon Ayuk autograph something. Okay. The only issue is, well, uh, it's already kind of expensive. Huh? 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 His rookie ticket auto sealed went for a hundo. Um, I've kind of had some of his stuff on watch list. Yeah, his rookie ticket auto number to 49 went for a hundo. A little high. I would have liked that to be in the 50, 60 range. Let me know if you guys uh, – and look, Chad right there. Chad checks all the prices. Uh, I, I was like, mm, am I buying them? Am I buying Brandon Ayuk at the seal? I hope you're buying Brandon Ayuk. Man, you, uh, so you made a move on him at the National. I remember that. Uh, yeah, I sure did. I mean, it was a great deal because the guy had no comps on eBay. It was a 2020 Purple Pulsar Prism Rookie Auto. And I got it for 50 because he pulled up a comp for a pink. I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, this is in perfect condition. So I tried to, you know, and it was it was to my advantage. He was trying to work out a deal with another guy who's trying to sell him cards. So he's like trying to comp out and make this deal. And I was like kind of, <laughs> you know, get working my way in there. Ultimately got it for 50. Uh, so, yeah, I feel really good about that one. I want everyone in here. Um to welcome in Andy. He he occasionally hosts a show on this network, the Football Card Quest, and uh, he's a man. So, uh, Andy, are you a game use patch guy? You know, I think I want to add some more. Uh, there there there's a couple that I was looking at earlier, and I'm like, man, they've really stepped up the the game used memorabilia in some of these cards. Here's a giant cleat patch from Julio Jones here. From Immaculate, five out of five. Can you imagine? Look, look how thick this thing is. Dang, that's actually nasty. 
Look, and it's got a little stain on there. Yeah, it's that, it's that interesting, is? right? Is that what that is right there? Or is that the design? That might be the design of the cleat. No, I don't know. It it's like the, I think it's the design of the cleat. It's been airbrushed a little bit, so yeah. I don't see any. Yeah, I'm with you. The ones that have clear indication that it's been used and worn on a field, I will pay up for that. And I think that would look really cool. Let me you know, see it just kind of reminds you of that. Let, let me read the back of the card. Put it put it up there. Those game use, that's nasty. That's absolutely nasty if you're a Julio collector. I would prefer that over like a, I don't know if I'd prefer it over a gold refractor, but no, nah, I would. I would. That's super cool. Huh? And it and it's 2019 Immaculate. Um, so the, the card of the reason why I felt like it was a good time that we revisit game use patch cards is because of the time of the year we're in. And I think game use patch cards of Hall of Famers and uh, former players are are something that's like you said is very finite. It, it just cannot be continued to be uh, reproduced like an autograph can. Uh, and right now, those cards are a lot lower uh, in, in that market sector because of the season getting ready to start. I love it, absolutely love it. So we'll keep chatting so, some game used up, but here's something else you can do. If you really want to support Andy and the Football Card Quest Network, there is a few ways you can do that. You can join the Patreon, obviously. Uh, if you are watching this live on YouTube, you can also hit that money sign. And if you have a question, we'll go straight to it. If you want a buy-sell opinion from Andy, we'll immediately go to it. Okay? So we appreciate all the support here. Um, you know, as far as uh, current stuff going on right now, Andy, what is the one thing that's really standing out to you when it comes to football cards as we are now, you know, less than 14 days away from the start of the season. Man, it, I, the biggest lesson I've learned is how much hyper relevancy and recency bias affects uh, the buying decisions of hobbyists, whether they're uh, from a collection standpoint, investment, you know, it, it's so closely correlated to what is the big story about, you know, what's the big story in the NFL and you can go on Twitter and you can see, you know, uh, the highlights that the NFL is tweeting out or, or the, the tweets that Ian Rappaport is tweeting out. And that has a lot, a lot of uh, influence on people's buying decisions. So the guys that have been playing a lot in the preseason, like Jordan Love, have been gone up in value. You know, Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett probably – two of the uh, the biggest gainers throughout the preseason uh, besides like Sam Howell, I'd say you could put in that category, Brock Purdy the last couple of weeks in that category as well. Those are the guys that have been actively moving the needle in their average resale value across the board. Whereas the other players like the, the Hertz, the Herberts, the Burroughs, uh, the Mahomes, all that, even though Mahomes played a little bit, it wasn't enough. Even though Trevor Lawrence played a little bit, went six for six last week. Wasn't enough. Like the volume's still there with those guys, but the price is not going up or down. It's pretty much staying completely stagnant. And that can be said for a lot of guys that are uh, really good players in the regular season, but haven't played at all in the preseason. Let's go to Derek. Which player has the best smelling game use patch? Oh man, it's got to be Peyton Manning. I've I've smelled my card before. Uh, it's 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 the sheriff, man. So yeah, I, I don't know, Andy. Have you ever sniffed your 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 your, your patch? 
Are we looking for like, uh, yeah, are, are we looking for like a, a sweat uh, kind of smell? Or are we looking for like a cologne smell? Do any of the players wear cologne when they go to the game? I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. I could probably name a few that I think would actually do that. But Derek, thank you so much. I really do appreciate uh, the Super Chat. Once again, they all go to Andy. Now, next thing. I want to discuss new product right obviously you while you were on your call there you're still putting some players up on the screen i mean it is ridiculous to see you know dtr's luminance autographs going for as much that buy it now honestly really shocked me there yeah he's another preseason hero him aiden o'connell i've actually seen Aiden O'Connell and DTR put up close to the same resale value on these cards as Anthony Richardson. Well, you saw the 389 from DTR, and I don't know if you caught that that Anthony Richardson when I was on 130 point looking at uh, the Jalen Hyatt. Here it is on our screen right now. That's it. This Anthony Richardson is the blue ink, so it's more common. It, it did go for 400. This was four days ago. I've, I've also seen another transaction of this card go for like – uh, 290, I think it was, or 330. It was, it was like a hundred dollars lower than this, and it was right there where with an Aiden O'Connell that went for 290. You saw that DTR go for 380. I mean, that's that's wild, and that's because Anthony Richardson hasn't put up crazy highlights in the preseason. So, in fact, he hasn't lived up to the expectations that were baked into his card value before the preseason started. So it's not, he hasn't done anything to really move that needle yet. I tell you, it's not going to take much. He showcased the rushing ability. Yes. They're, they're probably looking at a depleted wide receiver room. Now that Ashton Doolin is hurt. Michael Pittman is injured. Um, and uh, Alec Pierce may not be a fully developed NFL wide receiver just yet. You got rookie Josh down. So it's like he, do, he's now running low on weapons. You probably also got Jonathan Taylor out of there. He, I think his upside is going to come from the rushing, but he has not really shown those highlights to drive those prices up yet. Yeah, Tuckleberry fan, I'm sorry. I did have uh, it all the way down a little bit. Early. Let me know if I sound a little bit better. Um, yeah, so let's go to Hector. He says he heard Panini may get 90 days to sell, so we get Mosaic and Donruss, and that's it. Oh, man. If that's the case... Do the downtowns and like the honeycombs and mosaic go for more? You get what I'm saying? Like since it's like their 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 last hurrah. It's interesting. Uh, I I want to say that, and I think some of the buying decisions that I've seen have been a little bit of doomsday prepping, just like an instant impulse grab. So I think you can see more of that. So I would say if you're getting these new products or getting the new singles, maybe you're sniping them in auctions from breakers uh, and then relisting them, which is what I like to do in a buy it now, I would tend to set your prices higher than lower. I mean, Carter, I raised my prices. I, I, we talked about this last Tuesday. I raised those those rookie premier hollow prices of Bijan Robinson to 150 to Zay Flowers to 100. I sold them. I, I sold them at the new raised price 20% higher. I think I could have gone a little bit higher than that. I'm afraid to list my last one of Jordan Addison because the last one sold for $60 like like nothing. You know, so I mean the the there there's definitely some of that in there. And talking to Ryan over the weekend, 
uh, his local card shop is not Panini's not allowing them to pre-order product outside of Mosaic. Uh, so I guess uh, Donruss would be new news to me as far as I know. The pre-sales through Mosaic, uh, but they may that may have just changed this week. You know, obviously the litigation is changing uh, kind of rapidly right now with the information we're getting on when that cease and desist takes place. But Carter, that big thing is to me is that NFL PA logo is on the back of every single one of these cards we looked at today from Panini. Uh, oh, they've got really? to get that off of there. Yeah, you yeah. know, so that's like kind of and, – and it's and, – and I was also talking to this uh, – talking about this to our other buddy Ryan from Rhino Cards. Uh, different Ryan, but a super smart guy as well. And uh, he, he, was, he was talking about how, you know, obviously there's – part of the deal is with the NFL. So when is the NFL going to step in and say, hold on? Hold on here, NFLPA fanatics. Slow you guys roll a little bit. So we're we're making you know X and X and X millions billions of dollars over here with Panini with all uh, you know this um, this income and and cards flowing in now. So uh, I I don't know if there's a point at which the NFL steps in as the the big brother and kind of has an influence on this as well. I I don't necessarily think that it's the end of Panini's. Uh, pr production run at the end of uh, I'm really on the fence about it, man. At the end of Mosaic Donors, I, I don't, you know, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I do get they get the NFLPA logo off of there, and now Panini just has to get those exclusive contracts in place with the players, and they continue going on about their business because they're going to remove that logo off, and they, and they still got the license with the NFL. All right, so we, we do have a few questions flying in, Andy, and they want your expert opinion. Let's start with James when I James and Rock went with us for a while now. He says we need lesser volume anyway. There's too much product out there. Well, I would say there's too much base product out there. I, I think there's an appropriate amount of yeah. like good cards, but I do think that they printed way too much. And it's not just base, Carter. It's like the silver prism, the orange cracked ice, the purple shock. You know, these um, these more uncommon parallels. I think they significantly need to reduce the print run on those. And they need to just reduce the number of unserial numbered uh, parallels. Like 60 different parallels is too many. Like they should right. have like 12 to 15, you know. And, and, and then you dial that in. You dial the print run in a little bit on those uh, base uncommon cards. Get it to more of like 2019 type numbers. Kind of get back to that uh, that type of era. Um, so I, you know that that would be my hope. I, I you know, but it's not too crazy like right now. It's just on yeah. those specific cards. Yeah, I don't mind score and all Phoenix and all that stuff. I don't because um, you know people like to rip. They just do, right? Now, I do think sometimes, like, if you are older and you just want to get one player, like, we're singles people, right? We we know it's a gamble whenever you go buy product. If you have kids, it's different. It just is. Kids want to rip. That's just how it is. So, and some people just like ripping, you know, themselves. Like, obviously, you're having a lot of success with the Ryan and ripping products on there. People just like it. They They, they just do. And it does give you... A little bit more, you know, mysterious upside, uh, if you will. And when I've ripped, I've had closer connections to cards that I've ripped as well. So, um, 
Um, but I do agree with you, Andy. The silvers have gotten out of control. Uh, uh, there, there shouldn't be so many silvers of good players in the NFL going for, you know, 99 cents untouched. And I remember texting you about that a few weeks ago. I was like, dang, you can I, – I know you hadn't proven a whole lot, but like Rashad Bateman had so many silvers. Uh, he's a starter on a good team with the Super Bowl coach and a MVP quarterback. He had silver lots going untouched for 99 cents. So it's – uh, it, it, it's, it's, it, I, I do agree with you on, on the silver thing. Um, what's the best, what's the best card you've ever pulled out of Pat Carter? Because when I was in Chicago with you, you had terrible yeah. luck ripping, man. I don't know if it was cause I was ripping your product. We both had yeah. bad luck, but what's the, what's the best card you've ever pulled out of a pack? Honestly, nothing really. I mean, like I pulled like a Trevor Lawrence Clemson silver rated rookie. But I had ripped so much of Chronicles College product, I would have liked to have had something a little bit higher end uh, of that being my best rip. I, I I know everyone says this about their own ripping. I am I am the whatever you think of backyard breaks. I am the opposite of that. I rip Dookie water, hot dog water, straight ass. Nathan Peterman's quarterback career is better than the ripping that I've done. Even when uh, I rip with you on the stream with me, it's it's always dog water, man. Dude, horrible, horrible. Ryan Childress pulled a Luka Modric one of one from a target blaster. Okay, Oof. Ryan, uh, let's see if Andy could get this. What sport is Luka Modric known for give it your best guess well it's not um um uh, you know luka Doncic uh, from the nba uh, it's a similar name i'm gonna go with ufc here <laughs> <laughs> that's just like terribly wrong uh, what, what I, is he I would i would like to see luka modric in in the ufc i think he'd be okay now he, he's he's you should have just guessed football FIFA? no he's football man Luka Modric? Yeah, it's football. Wait, who does he play for? Oh, I got you. Uh, old school football. Original football. <laughs> you said old school. <laughs> no, he, he is one of the best midfielders of all time. And I don't like him because he plays for Real Madrid. But still. Um, uh, oh, I pronounced his name wrong. It's pronounced... Mod Rich, excuse me. Well, how about I change my opinion? Luka Modric is overrated. Or excuse me, Luka Modric is overrated. He is. He is. Jared Goff is better than Luka Modric at their own sport. Uh, so uh, there you go. Now, uh, Andy, since uh, I've already shared pretty much everything I wanted to share. Um, I'm going to let you pick the next topic before we get into hobby tip of the week and plays of the week. So two weeks and two days until opening night game, Kansas city chiefs hosting the Detroit lions, Carter. Who do you got in that game? Oh, I saw that the line shrank just a little bit. One thing from a football card perspective that I'm doing, Andy is 
I have a lot of these like Kansas City like rookie cards. Like I like it's like Nick Bolton, right? I have like some green die cut rookie card. Uh, I have that and I have another Nick Bolton. And what I'm doing on Thursday night, because it is a season opener, let's just say Nick Bolton goes off for like 15 tackles and a sack, right? I'm listing a 99 cent auction that's starting on Thursday night, right? Because uh, if Nick Bolton has that game, he has a captive audience. He also had a big game in the Super Bowl, right? So, you know, for me, Thursday night football, I'm looking uh, up like all my Lions and Chiefs cards that I have. And if it's not like a well-known player and I just want to just get rid of it, I'm doing that. But I, obviously I like the Chiefs, but I would love the Lions to win and start a Detroit hype. I I wonder, I know, are, so are you timing to end it at halftime or are you going to end it like after the game, like at 11, 11.30 p.m.? Yeah, so this happened like a few years ago and I can't believe we've been doing a show this long. Um, Brian Edwards, who's... I don't even know if he's still with the Saints or not. He had a huge game for the Raiders. And I ended the auction literally seconds before he had like the game tying like touchdown. Seconds. And I had it ending at like 930 or whatever. So for Bolton, I think I have it ending at like 10 just to make sure. Because if you are watching that game, you're probably watching till the end. And if you are interested in buying that card, you're probably going to, uh, you know, essentially stay uh, to uh, the end. But Hector says a big name to look out for here is Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, Jared Goff is not mobile at all. So if he gets heat from Nick Bolton, he's going to dump it off to Gibbs. He's got no problem dumping it off. It could be Gibbs. It could be Monty. Uh, it could be Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, Amon Sa- Ross St. Brown is uh, questionable right now, but I think... I think he'll be fine. He'll he'll play it. And I actually, that's one thing I'm looking for right now, Carter, is some questionable designations, uh, some lack of of uh, highlight or uh, practice uh, reels, uh, just down. Like I call it down hype. You know, they're they're kind of suppressing, and that leads to an auction that's timed, you know, at the wrong time to go way under market value because auctions are very sensitive around what is going on right then and there whenever it's ending. So are you going to do more auctions that end like during games potentially? Yeah. So I, I find two methods of success. I think you can either end it during a game. If it's a primetime game, like Thursday, Sunday night, Monday night. But if your game is Sunday at one o'clock or Sunday at four o'clock, I would not end it then because there's going to be too many people during the day, either at the games or tailgating, partying. Uh, and then I I have seen some really good sales results Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday night. So I would say if you're doing an auction, end it Monday night if your game's at 1 or 4 o'clock that day. And and if you want to do it by now, I, I would expect uh, maybe even a strategy of yours would be when you get up Monday morning, send those offers out. And this will be my hobby tip. eBay allows you to send bulk offers out now. Uh, and you can send a, uh, a 20% off bulk to like send, highlight them all and send the offer out. I would do that Monday morning, see if you can capture some more of those uh, impulse, like reactive buyers Monday morning wanted to get, wanting to get the, the week off to a, a little buy. Yeah, so if you – I, I saw that. didn't really know what that meant, the send in bulk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look into that. That does seem – 
very impulse, right? Because that person will also be saying, oh, look, he's giving me a deal uh, here. And this guy just went off. So look into that. I like that as hobby tip. I'm going to go ahead and give mine here, Andy. This is a serious time to move your cards, right? It's a hype cycle. It's just how it is, man. Um, you know, after, you know, a few weeks during the season, people start getting ready for basketball. It's always cyclical. Uh, what's the word? Cyclical? Is, is, am I using this word correctly? So, Andy, with all your research and charts and stuff that comes with the, the, the Discord, do you see the same thing? Do you see, you know, the same cycle over and over? About three, four weeks after the NFL season starts, prices go down. Is that right? Well, you know, it's uh, we got to be careful making blanket statements, uh, right. making generalized statements because it's it's so uh, different for each player, and right. then and then you factor in the card it is and stuff. But generally speaking, if and and, and it depends on what position, but the and quarterbacks are are more closely tied to the win loss record of the team. Like their their sports card performance is more closely tied to the win loss record of the team than them as a singular athlete, um, unless they're putting up highlight reels like Justin Fields did last year. But it but it, the highlight reels Justin Fields was putting up, even though he was losing, wasn't enough uh, to move the needle a ton. Like you weren't able to uh, in most situations, you weren't able to realize like a, a two or three x up from where you bought it, but. Um, and some, I'm sure they they probably were, you know, uh, but the volume, the volume is there. The volume remains high. So the right now the volume is high, like it, and just depending on when you bought the card and which card it is, you can move the elite players right now. It's just, they're not, there's not anybody like uh, pulling out the extra, the extra Benjamin Franklin's put them on the table to get this thing now, uh, because, they're not playing for another week and a half. And 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 back to your point, Carter, that first three weeks is critical because after the first three weeks, the analysts start to make uh, pretty concrete projections, season-long projections about which uh, players and teams are going to be making the playoffs, which are going to moving up in the power rankings. After three weeks, you know, there'll be some people touting guys that have gone 3-0 and as MVP candidates and whatnot only – to fizzle out in the middle of the season uh, uh, or only to struggle in the middle of the season. And maybe they ended up bringing it back together and, and making it to the playoffs. It's kind of, you know, what could potentially happen to Rogers and the jets. Uh, so it's, but yeah, that the, for after the first, after September, that's when you start to get into what we call the mid season lull. All right, let's get into plays of the week. And then we're going to get as many comments as we can uh, before the hour here. Um, Play of the week, I want to give you two quarterbacks. Um, I am still of the belief that Lamar Jackson can get back to MVP level. And if he does, I do think there will be a mad dash push to get more of his cards. Um, I still believe in him. And I, I'm a Burrow guy, so he's in you know my, my division. And I've always liked Lamar. I'm not like a super Lamar fan. I just truly believe in him running the Todd Monk in offense. And this is a guy that I didn't selfishly want to give out as a play of the week. Okay. I've gotten some quarterbacks right, Andy, on this show. I've always been bold. Uh, I've gotten, I've, I've been right for the most part about Tua 
and so on and so on. I've been wrong about Kyler Murray. I saw someone earlier, Andy, actually asked, Kyler is so low right now, should should they buy right now? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and ask you that right now. Uh, specific cards of his, yes. They, I mean, they are at dirt, floor, basement prices. Uh, and it's just uh, when when you have an athlete that that's, he's that good at a singular level and he's as young as he is, I think it, you have to buy it. Uh, it is a plus EV play. Whether it's speculation that they trade him because they tank this season and get the number one overall pick and, and people think that they're going to trade him, on that fresh start with new weapons and new coaching will propel him to new heights. That's that will propel him to new heights in hype, not necessarily per performance or how it pans out. But from that news alone, we know there's going to be a spike. Just like if Jonathan Taylor signs with the Miami Dolphins tomorrow, there will be a spike in his values, uh, even if he has a, a good season or not. So, um, yeah, for that reason alone, Kyler Murray, I think, has to be on your radar right now. And and there are some cards that come around that that are not common at all. And if you can get them for some of the prices that I'm seeing right now on Kyler Murray, I mean, it is a total snipe. I, I got a relatively big Kyler over here, and I, it's just sitting. I'm just waiting. <laughs> um, my second play of the week is actually a college quarterback. And I don't want to give this out because I do feel it's going to be my bold take. I do feel he sneaks into the first or second round of next year's NFL draft. All right. And his cards are really cheap right now. I kind of don't want to give this out because I am selfish and I own none of this player. Okay. And I got sniped this weekend looking at some of his cards. Now, Andy, you know, personally, I have a lot of stuff going on. Just uh, obviously got married less than a year, paying all these bills. So I'm not getting too speculative. I'm just buying the legends. But this is a guy I truly do believe in, okay? And his name is Riley Leonard, all right? He is a quarterback at Duke. And I think, obviously, this year in the ACC at the collegiate level, um, there are so many freaking good quarterbacks in the ACC this year. You have Drake May, you have Jordan Travis, who I will be enemies with uh, on Sunday. Uh, you have Kate Klubnik at uh, Clemson and Riley Leonard. Uh, you could do a one of one, actually, even search. I, I, I got beat out. My final bid was twenty three bucks, and it went up to twenty three oh five. I, I think he can play. I really, really, really do. And it sucks that uh, I've been missing out on some of these. And this was the one I missed out on at the twenty three fifty. Oh, yeah. And and uh, I, I went at twenty three. I knew I should have gone up. I, I probably would have paid forty forty five. And I'm a little bit more of a leaf guy than most. I guarantee you I probably have more leaf cards than uh, all of you watching. Uh, I I love I love I love Riley Leonard. I just do. He is not a spectacular arm. He's not a spectacular runner, but he's very good at both. Think uh, Sam Howell to a certain degree. Now, we don't know if Sam has succeeded at the NFL level, but they're very similar. So I like him a lot. I'm going to be looking to buy some of his uh, rare stuff if I get another opportunity. And I understand. No one's talking about him. Nobody's talking about him, but – Going into the NFL draft next season, I could see it. I, I I could see it. And what do we know? 
All right. Duke can produce first-round quarterbacks, right? Just had Daniel Jones not too long ago, and uh, I think Riley Leonard is going to be next. All right, Andy, play of the week. Uh, sometimes it pays div- huge dividends to get in on these plays uh, early rather than later, especially when supply is so crazy limited. Like, that was – yeah, that was a snipe, man. You just barely missed it. You barely missed it. Uh, so, yeah, you um, you touched on a couple of plays I like. You know, the Ravens at home week one opening up against the Texans. I'm going to give my play, man, and this is this is who I'm on right now. This is who I'm actively trying to buy. So just be warned, you guys may be competing in auctions against me, and this is going to be out there, man. This is, this is going to be out there. Uh, it's not biased at all, but I'm going to buy some Baker Mayfield. Um, I'm on Baker Mayfield right now. You know, he's a former number one overall pick. He's a former Heisman Trophy winner. You know, Baker Mayfield, he's got some of the best weapons in the NFL with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, he's got a promising running back, Rashad White. I know Ryan Jensen's out, but, you, you know, we're not going to worry about the offensive line. We're going up uh, against a high-octane offense in the Vikings week one, and our defense is underrated. If you look at the grades across the board from our line to our linebackers, and Levante David and Devin White. And then you look at our corners, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis. We got uh, help over the top with Antoine Winfield. Uh, and, and you know, I know they're not going to be able to cover Justin Jefferson all the time, but this game could turn into a shootout where the Bucks bring enough uh, D-line pressure uh, and, and generate a couple late turnovers against Kirk Cousins. And Baker Mayfield puts up three, four touchdowns. Trey Palmer is a very promising young wide receiver. I like Kate Otten. I mean, Carter, can you get on board with Baker Mayfield right now? The prices are so cheap. No, he's cooked. But if you can flip it, sure. Here's my thing. I think the Buccaneers want to see what they have in Kyle Trask, right? So Baker's going to have to crush it. He's going to have to golf it, basically. Do I want to bet on that? Now, I understand what you're saying now, Andy. Get him at dirt cheap prices. I- I'm fine with that, especially considering they aren't a weak division. I mean, this team doesn't just suck, right? They're not the Cardinals they, they are, or, or, the, or the Rams on defense. They don't just suck. They have players. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Baker's made me money, so I, I I can get dipping that toe in the well, maybe. But I I guess it just depends on the price for me. He's got personality points, you know. He's kind of he's kind of affable, and he, he's got yeah. some pretty decent acting skills on TV. Uh, so I I mean I get it. The first three games, like if you look out at our first three games. It's not it's it's not easy at all after the first so like we host the Eagles in week three. So that that alone is, uh, you know, like getting through three weeks without at least one or two losses here is going to be really hard to project. But we got the Bears at home in week two. That's not that crazy of a matchup. Yeah. Uh, I could see us going two and oh, and that being enough to take Baker Mayfield's prices from where they're at now, which is like a dirt basement floor with Kyler Murray to 
people getting excited about Baker Mayfield again, being like, oh, yeah, that's right. He did have that career season uh, in 2021 before he got, he dealt with those injuries and got her in 2020 where he took uh, the, the, the Browns to the playoffs and almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs and helped the Browns break their curse. And, yeah, that's right, Baker Mayfield. And, and then he gets, you know, he starts getting cocky, starts to extend plays, make turnovers. And, and towards the middle of the season, it's a totally different story. But right now, he could make a little noise out of the gate. You could look at a quick flip. For me, I'll probably hold it too long because he's playing for my team now, even though he's uh, on a, uh, a one-year contract. So it's like – and I, I, I watched too much Kyle Trask behind the scenes and Kyle Trask at one bucks uh, field in practice, him mic'd up. He just doesn't seem like he's got it, Carter. He doesn't seem like he's got the – he does not have that Joe Burrow it factor. You know who does have that it factor that I see is Kenny Pickett. I'm not going to kid him, man. I know Derek's just going to roast me right now. But Kenny Pickett has got that calm, uh, uh, confident it factor that a guy like Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady has. Aaron Rodgers got it. You know, so, uh, it, it just I see that out of Kenny Pickett. I don't see that out of Kyle Trask. My man is coming in hot with the QB takes. You know what? I, I One thing about the Steelers is I do see the Sharps that I follow like them a little bit more than the public. And that concerns me as uh, a Bengals fan, if you will. But I wouldn't mind that. Patrick Peterson's on the Steelers now. Um, but, 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 yeah. Uh, let's go to Mark Speltz. He says, I think Cade Otten is a play because of Baker. I normally stay away from tight ends when it comes to football cards, but if you're talking about last round of the draft PPR, sure. Why not? Kate on, I, I could see him catching 50 balls this year. Um, and the so, cool thing is if you wanted to uh, build a rainbow of him, he's a great guy to do it with because right now, uh, a lot of the 2022 product is, got a healthy supply on eBay because it was recently released in the summer. Um, so you like another guy that I love to snipe right now is Jalen Warren. Like I am all over Jalen oh. Warren because of the amount of product that's out for him. And it recently released like national treasures. And, uh, and then also, you know, the upside of him being just a second year player. So yeah, I think, uh, and, and you know, a year or two down the road, those ultra rare cards, are going to be gone. They're going to be way harder to find than they are right now when a lot of breakers are putting them in auction just to move product. You know, we see a, uh, one thing I like about our show, Andy, is I'm starting to see some newer viewers come back. Rick Dickow, good to see you back, man. Yo. Uh, yeah, cut day. It sucks. It sucks. We haven't talked so much about players uh, that are on that, that line uh, because – well, there's nothing worse than telling someone to go buy a football card and then they get cut. Um, but, but yeah, it is cut day. A lot of dreams are about to be shattered. Has it really been anybody that significant though? Like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go pull it up now. But I mean, I, I saw a few earlier that it wasn't, it wasn't anything too significant. A lot of. A lot of veteran DBs uh, have been cut, but that's not really, you know, part of the football card discussion. Roby for the Saints was cut. I saw a Dolphins uh, DB get cut. Um, so, yeah, 
Hector wants right. to talk, talk some Aiden O'Connell. The weird thing about Aiden O'Connell was he, he was like not too great in college. Uh, but I, actually, let's go to Travis here. Malik Willis is the sleeper this year. Can't see Tannehill finishing the year. Willis will definitely be playing by week five. Dang, Travis. Well, I mean, you're buying low on Malik, that's for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, Tannehill, I guess I would increase his fragility risk for sure at this point with so many, uh, with how many injuries he's he's had. Um, But I don't, I I think Willis is going to turn the ball over uh, quite a bit still developing a lot in the passing game. Now his rushing ability will buoy him. I know uh, Levis has already turned the ball over quite a few times as well. So I'm not saying that he, and plus he's weird. So I'm, I'm not saying that he's the guy to target behind Tannehill there. I, I ultimately I'm like, okay, I know Traylon Burks, a proven uh, quantity, uh, you know, a proven talent at the wide receiver position, a specimen. So I would feel better about investing in him, from a dynasty and football card standpoint than Malik, but I get it. You got the quarterback upside and, and it's tantalizing. And if he becomes a starter and he does have some impressive rushing abilities, got a strong arm, but can he dial it in? I haven't seen it yet, but it's yeah. possible. He looked so bad in that chiefs game last year, but that obviously wasn't the best place to get a start as a rookie. Mahomes on the other sideline and Spagnola uh, you're going up against, but, yeah, you know, I if if you want to give Malik at a dirt cheap price, just go right on ahead. I, I I've not looked at his cards in in eons, uh, to 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 be quite honest. So, uh, so yeah, Ryan says he liked Malik. Then Joshua Dobbs started uh, over him. Yeah, that's the thing. He just looked so bad as a rookie. Uh, that's why you know it's just it's it's hard for me to. Um, to 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 get back into it, uh, but yeah, look, Travis, his actual profile photo though is him with a bunch of cracked slabbed PSA labels. So you must know what he's doing, man. He's like you, Andy. You're, y'all are slab crackers. Hey, sometimes you got to, man. Those eights, no, cool. can't have it. I actually got this question um, yesterday, Carter. Uh, so I was pre-grading uh, some of the Patreon members' cards uh, for our latest uh, group PSA submission, and there was a snakeskin out of five. Uh, I believe I want to say it was J.K. Dobbins, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, a, a very rare, very nice card, but it had a print line over it, and the corners look good, edges, everything else. And him and I were discussing the benefits of having that raw versus having that graded. You know. Um, with a card that rare, I've seen this with Kabooms, for example. Even in a PSA 9 condition, the card is like two or $300 more than the raw. Now, the 8 hurts the value, but the 9 still helps the value. So I'm not sure if this applies across multiple sets, if it's just that insert. I want to get your take on that. Yeah, you know, if it's number to 5, you do need to ask yourself, okay, if this does gym, obviously that's going to skyrocketed if if you get a 10 but if it gems a nine then 
you know, how much more upside are you going to get for that? Especially with someone like J.K. Dobbins, who is very injury prone. And, you know, right off the jump, you know, if the Ravens offense is cooking, uh, you might you might want to move it now. Uh, you you it just also depends how big of a J.K. Dobbins fan you are. If you want to keep this card and you want to PC it, sure, put it in a slab. But Andy, I, I might not be the best person when it comes to asking this question because I never grade cards. I am perfectly fine with the card sitting in the one touch. And I will say this, uh, to Hector's point and to a lot of points that, that I've seen, I've even seen, Andy, people starting to crack nines. I saw someone crack a really rare Kobe Bryant Topps Refractor 9 recently i was like dang it's a nine and i saw it in the one touch and i was like okay i i i could see it it looks really good in a one touch too so uh so yeah it's it i i totally agree with hector here i think i think that's because a lot of people have gotten nines cracked them resubmitted them and got tens now it could work the other way around but i think a lot of people look at a nine as a coin flip to get a 10 so you know, it's it's interesting. I, and I almost think a card that rare would look better in a nine for the $20, $25 grading fee. Uh, because then someone's like, well, at least it's not like it doesn't have a big defect. I'm OK now spending $250 on this card because I could have the chance of maybe cracking that out and resubmitting and getting the 10. Uh, but at the very least, it doesn't have a major defect that it's I can't like- see. Let's go to LA 49 before we get out of here. We always want to make first timers feel welcome. And he wants to talk Brock Purdy cards, Andy. I love talking Brock Purdy cards because he's so hyped up. His cheapest available rookie ticket autos that I can find on the market right now are $1,000. And that's compared to five, $600 range for Kenny Pickett, Sam Howe. You know who's down in that $300 range? Desmond Ritter. So, I look at Brock Purdy as a sell right now. Yes, he's only got about 1,500 different rookie cards, each with their own print run. And Kenny Pickett's got over 6,000, 6,200, some change to be exact. But still, those Brock Purdy cards were from the major sets. So he's got a very healthy print run, right? He was printed in Optic Select because of the, the, the release dates. Panini was able to react and print Brock Purdy in all those major sets with a very healthy print run across the board. So you still have to take that consideration. So when I look at his Optic Hollows, that's a $75 card, Carter. Kenny Pickett, that's a $50. But then it drops off Sam Howell, 40 Desmond Ritter, 20 to 30 You know, so you can see what the floor is for that. That's why I like selling Brock Purdy right now. It just depends on when you bought him. I, I think he does have some upward potential on some of his cards, but he's definitely, he's definitely ascending big time, and he's getting, I think, close to a peak. He's, he's getting there, man. It's going to have to take a deep playoff run, I think. To if you buy a rookie ticket auto at a thousand and you want that to go to two thousand, I think it's going to take that playoff and championship run from him and the 49ers. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm staying away um, because you know those price discrepancies there. He is in the NFC, which obviously helps out a lot, right? So. We want to look for a quarterback who can get to the Super Bowl. Or Brock Purdy was one game away from that. So, you know, you, you've, Andy, you've done a thousand charts on this. 
I want a quarterback who has that potential because quarterbacks cards during that Super Bowl run, they they shoot up. Am I am I right or am I wrong about that, Andy? Oh, they shoot up, yeah. It's absolutely yep. insane. Like I had to I had to sell uh uh some of my burrows because you know it helped pay for a lot of the I mean I was getting married and all that stuff. So it's um it's it's one of those things where I I I I do like Brock. I think he'll be able to run the offense. LA 49, you, you might be a 49ers fan. Your name is LA 49. I like the 49ers under their win total this year. Something just seems off. I didn't like their defensive coordinator higher. Um, and I, I'm, I'm fading them just a little bit. And if you are just buying because you think – he is a quarterback on a winning team, but you yourself don't think he's that good. Then if the team doesn't win, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things. Is he just Desmond Ritter on a better team with George Kittle and uh, Debo and everyone else on that team? So I, I, I understand that's controversial and I'm not on the 49ers. I think they're a nine win team, honestly. So go ahead, Andy. Yeah. I think the play on Brock Purdy, is the midseason law. I think you target Brock Purdy in November for them to make a late season playoff push. Yeah. In, in typical uh Kyle Shanahan fashion, he's gonna be involved in the mix when it gets to the playoffs and the ball bounces their way. All of a sudden, uh things could get very interesting for Brock Purdy. And if you wait until so look at this schedule between there, look at their October schedule, Carter. Dallas at home at Cleveland. At Minnesota, Cincinnati Bengals at home, at Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a tough, tough five-game stretch there from October through November 12th. And, and then they get Tampa Bay on November 19th. It starts to get a lot easier. <laughs> but uh, so you know, that's a tough five-game stretch where I could see Brock Purdy struggle and and his cards dip. Now, if he plays at the, the top five efficiency passing efficiency metrics he did last year <laughs> during this down the stretch. I mean, it's, hey, if the ball bounces their way, they could win those games. But it's the 49ers. Uh, they're a very good team, great coaching. But that's a tough high-grade stretch. I think your your play is to hope that he loses some of those games and is not a front-runner for MVP through the first three to four weeks. And then you buy into him in October, November for lower than what probably maybe Kenny Pickett's at that time or around the same price as Pickett or Howell at least. And now you can have this proven upside in, in terms of the price that you're buying into the card at. Yeah. So if you're going to go buy his card, you got to remember the higher price the card, the more you're going to pay taxes, the more nerves you're going to have with that card shipping all the way. And it's stressful. And then it just depends how much you really do like him and like the team, but obviously the 49ers are all in behind them. And once again, in the comment section, please correct me if I'm wrong. If I am fading the 49ers too hard here, I just am. I didn't like some of the things that they did this off season and has nothing to do with Trey Lance. I think the Trey Lance story is so overblown. I really do. Um, so there you go. Now, uh, Andy, I always like to do this at the end. I know I always pick up the, the the questions, but any of these comments, anything else you, you want to get to before we get out of here? Yeah, I want to I want to take this question from Rick here. Uh, he's got a question about the average trend line for values after year one, two, etc. 
So it's a pretty loaded question. Uh, like, and he goes on to say, like wide receiver values maybe peak after year three. Is that in sync with their breakouts? So from a wide receiver perspective, Carter, the, uh, year two is a big year for wide receivers. I think year two is a big breakout year for wide receivers. You got to learn the playbooks in the NFL. You got to learn how to run those route trees and create separation against the different defensive coverages that you're going to see. The speed is different. Obviously, the skill level is different. So I think year two is a big breakout year for wide receiver if they don't already just break out in their rookie year. Um, and then I think it's very few wide receivers, year three, four plus, go on to then break out like we didn't know where they were coming from. Um, is, is Would you agree with that, Carter? Yes, year two is where you want to target them. So and we were talking about Dotson before you hopped on a little bit earlier. But no, I, I'm with you, and keep going. Yeah, so that's where you want to target them, and it just so happens that we've got a pretty healthy supply right now of year two rookie cards. Uh, so when you look at the card values, yeah, the trend line for the card values is is pretty closely correlated to their production and then you can see that how that hyper relevancy affects those impulse buys on different cards. And obviously there's thousands of nuances because there's thousands of different cards. And then you have condition and, and you have photographs and you have seller feedback. I mean, there's so many factors that go into what a card ultimately sells for auction timing, the whole, the whole nine yards. So you, it, you really have to look at things on a case by case basis. I know it's, it's so difficult in sports cards because you only have so much time in a day and there's only so many cards you can look at and players you can research. And that's why I only do one sport and that's the sport I'm passionate about. But you got to look at each card on a case by case basis and 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 figure out what's going on with it, you know, and to really uh, get a good trend line. Yeah, unless you're full time into this, like Mojo or someone like that. I, I don't know how anyone does multiple sports. Like I can understand doing two, but if you want to do football, basketball, and now you want to be a messy collector out of anywhere, good luck. Huh? Uh, uh. Um, yeah. Hector, I, I want to issue Hector a challenge. I know I shout him out a lot on here. I love Hector. Send us some photos from the Burbank show. Uh, this show is getting hyped up like the freaking national uh, this weekend. Hector, I think you are a patron, so send me a bunch of photos or just post them in the Discord. Uh, cause I'd like for us to go to that show, uh, one day, Andy out in California. I've never been able to go to Burbank sports cards anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's, that should be fun. And Andy, we got to figure out our next show. Yeah, we do. I'm excited. Uh, I know my guy Ryan out there from Rhino cards is setting up a table at the Dallas card show just here. I think it's like opening the opening week of football. I think he's setting up a table there next Thursday, Friday. He's got a lot of football cards. I'm gonna see if we can't maybe uh, maybe I'll pop on here and get him get get him to dial in live from his from his table to see what he's selling and stuff. Oh well, yeah. Um, well, I, I, well, we just need to do Dallas, man. Yeah, I, Dallas I, sounds like a ton of fun because I get a um, I can get an easy nonstop flight, very inexpensive there. And uh, no, I'm not getting to vacuum. I I am in Tampa where the the track has shifted just north. So hopefully it is raining pretty good outside right now but i mean nothing that i haven't seen a hundred times a year so i think i'll be okay here but i appreciate you asking me asking about me rick there you go yeah our last 
you know what's kind of funny about the national for those that we met there everything we did all the really fun stuff ironically happened outside of like the card world you almost getting run over by a 400 pound man and then um all the connections and people coming up to us saying they like the show i did not expect that right i know i, I know you have a, a ton of subscribers and all that stuff uh we, we got stopped a few times. We were able to you know meet up with people. That was really cool. So, yeah, we 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 got to get to it. So, uh, don't forget next Tuesday it's going to be a big show. It's going to be an absolutely huge show because it's the final Tuesday before the season. So, ask yourself this question. All right, I I feel like this is very important. Look at the cards you have, especially the players that are currently playing, and ask yourselves how much do I love these cards, and then. Move them. If you could say no, move them. Put it into something of a player that you really like, especially if you got Brock Purdy cards right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, Carter, like my uh, uh, my gold shimmer, Jerome Ford, is a prime example. I bought yeah. that card for $15 off of Instagram. I listed it for 100 and the guy offered me 85 and I accepted. I'm like, you know what? I haven't even seen him play a game yet, <laughs> and <laughs> upside's nice. But like that's the Nick Chubb show, you know. Who I, I'm not, I'm not expecting the moon for Jerome Ford, but I knew that he was uh, coming from total obscurity to now part of the starting offense for the Cleveland Browns with this top uh, offensive line. A lot of hype for them building, and uh, and so I went ahead and sold it. You know, that's that's a nice profit that I can oh, yeah. put back into all kinds of different stuff for Jerome Ford. And they, they just got Pierre Strong. Hell yeah, it's a great, great move. Uh, Alberto to the Eagles. How about that? He got, and there you go. That's interesting. According to Mark, I haven't seen that yet, but yeah, he's very athletic. So we'll see you guys and gals next Tuesday. Peace out. Peace out. Boom. Down, 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 down.